The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Hello, and welcome to Cast It Strong Style. I'm your host, Don DeLorente, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Anwar Starwin. What's going on, Anwar? What up, Don? What up, my peoples? I'm doing good, Anwar. Glad that you could join me once again as the G1 is moving on to its final two weeks. So we've got nights 11 through 14 to cover on this particular episode. But before we get started with the reviews, just to let you know, Cash Strong Style can be found on the CSPN. CSPN can be found on the web at www.cspn.us. You can also subscribe and download to Cast of Strong Style through iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, and YouTube. All right, Anwar, so we are going to start at night 11, opening match. Abushi versus Bad Luck Fale. Abushi heads up top and Chase Owens trips him up, allowing Fale to attack and hit a splash for a two count. Abushi fights off the grenade, but then there's a kendo stick shot by Jado and the grenade follows for a two count. Kota Abushi counters the Bad Luck Fall. Jado gets involved again, but Kota Abushi gets the crucifix for a two count. The Boombaye connects, followed by the Kamagoye, and Kota Abushi gets the win. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, I was just happy it was over. I yeah. mean, it was a good, it was a solid match, but it's like, okay. Your typical Kota Ibushi, uh, a bad luck file match. I can't remember them wrestling too many times. I think they wrestled a couple times. Mm-hmm. It was a good match. I was, I was just like, mm. I was like, I was just happy it was over. I was like, I, I was thinking, I think I said, I wonder if, Obushi pays Nakamura royalties for using Bombay. <laughs> that is the thing over there. Like, if you use a certain person move, you gotta like do something for them or um like pay for food when y'all in the same town or something. Like Finn like Finn, since he knows Tanahashi, he when he does he does that sling blade. That's Tanahashi's move, so he had to pay royalties. Unlike other another person who in the company who be taking niggas moves but don't be really doing paying shit though. So, <laughs> I mean, he might he might be and I don't know, but I've never heard anything about him paying any royalty, so that's y'all boy though. Whatever. <laughs> Our next matchup saw Will Osprey taking on Zack Saber Jr. Osprey goes up top and then shooting star presses counter with a triangle. Osprey fights and then powers up and hits the sit-out powerbomb for a two-count. Osprey heads back up top, and his shooting star press gets a two-count, followed by the hook kick. The Stormbreaker is countered into an octopus hold. Zack drags Osprey to the mat, and Will Osprey is forced to tap, and Zack Sabre Jr. is victorious. I missed the start of the match, but, <laughs> man, it was cool to see them. Those two, like... Like British, like citizens, 
had this type of match in G1. It was, it was really cool. And a lot of, some of their work was a little loose, but that's okay because that's the thing with art. It doesn't have to be perfect all the time to still be great. So awesome match. Zach, Zach got, it was about the same time Zach submitted somebody. So that was great too. <laughs> and hey, man, just like I thought, oh, Osprey. These heavyweights, you junior heavyweight, you just be racking up wins, bro. Yeah, so, yeah, this is true. All y'all people that was picking Osprey to win a bunch of matches in G one, ah man, y'all should have known better. You know, you know how they are in Japan, especially in New Japan about the junior heavyweight. So yeah, nah, we're still awesome though. Zach is the man. Next match on the card, Lance Archer faces Okada. Archer takes Okada up top, but Okada fights off the superplex and knocks Archer to the mat. The missile dropkick by Okada, by Okada follows. Archer counters the tombstone, but Okada counters into a spinning rainmaker. Archer looks for the everybody dies claw, but he eats a full-on rainmaker and Okada gets the win. Hey, man, another awesome match by Archer. He dominated most of this match, to, in my opinion, from my memory. And I love, like, him doing that moonsault. Oh, oh my God, that moonsault was awesome. He's always been great at doing those high-five stuff. He just don't do it as much anymore. But I remember back in the day when he would do that stuff. He'd be like, he like six, seven, eight doing this shit. But, yeah, um, he still got it. And, hey, man, Okada continues his role. Yeah, Okada is having an outstanding tournament so far. But and I knew it wasn't going to last. He was due to lose at some point. Our next matchup, Kenta. He goes up against Sonata. They trade strikes. Kenta unloads on Sonata and lays in kicks, but Sonata locks on the skull in. Kenta counters into a sleeper hold. The PK is blocked, and Kenta lays in slaps, and the Busaku knee fouls for a two count. Kenta looks for the go to sleep, but that gets countered into the skull end. Kenta counters back, and Sonata gets the skull end again, and then he starts to swing Kenta around. Sonata drops down, and then he gets the hooks into Kenta, and he hits the moonsault, and Sonata gets the win. I really dug the match, and I'm going to keep it real with you. I was just happy to see Sonata win the match, man. Because not having really good performances, but not getting no wins. It's like, come on, man. Oh, my God. Boom. And it was nice to see Kenta lose again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kenta's lost his last two uh, matches in a row here. So it's going to be very interesting to see uh, how he rebounds in the next couple of events. Um it was good to see uh, Tana. I mean, excuse me. It was good to see Sonata actually hit the moonsault because you know it's been quite a while since he's actually connected on one of those in these matches. So it's good to see that happen. I want him to be careful about doing those, those that high flying, those type of things that attack your knee because it that stuff takes a toll. And if you pay for it, then down the line, look at Tana Ashi, look at um, Muto. Doing them high flying moves over sustained time over years always catches up with you. Yeah, so it does. I was 
I kind of want him to just be like, okay, do that every once in a while for rich big matches, but don't give the, don't do that all the time. That would be the only thing I would want Snyder to be careful with. But I want to see him wrestle as long as he can. Yeah, yeah, this is true. This is true. All right. Tanahashi versus Evil is the main event for Night 11. They trade strikes as the crowd starts to get into it. Evil follows with chops. Then he, we get a jab by Tanahashi. And Evil follows with a clothesline for a two count. Evil hits a big lariat for a two. Evil looks where everything is evil, but Tanahashi counters. There's a headbutt by Evil. And Tanahashi counters everything is evil with the dragon suplex. The ace is high, crossbody connects, and then the high fly flow follows that, and Tanahashi is your winner. This is the first time they've wrestled each other in, I believe, two years since I think New Japan Cup 2017. Might be wrong on that, but they might have faced off in G1 2017 or something. But it, you see the growth as evil as a wrestler, but you also see some of the wear and tear on Tanahashi compared to then to now. It's, but man, it was just really cool to see Evil in the main event, and I knew they could have a better match, better match than they've had in the past, and they did that. So it was a good way to end the show. And yep, Tanahashi still got something in the tank. So surprising to watch, but yeah, good main event. Yeah, it was an awesome main event. I thought Evil, like a lot of people in this tournament, did a great job. Showed uh, a very strong effort, even in the loss. Elevated himself, even though he lost. And like you said, Tanahashi continues to show that he's got a much more in the tank. And, um, you know, he's not dead and ready to be out to pasture yet. That he's still got some high-quality matches uh, still left in him. And uh, I've been enjoying his uh, latest run here in the tournament. About the last two weeks, he's really kicked it up into a different gear. And it looks like the old Tanahashi from like two or three years ago. Yep. Moving on to night 12. Shingo versus Jeff Cobb. Two of the islands is stopped as Shingo collapses and Shingo then hits a crucifix bomb to Cobb. Made in Japan connects for a two count. Shingo follows with clotheslines, but Cobb stops him and they work in the counters. We get a German suplex by Jeff Cobb followed by the tour of the islands and Jeff Cobb defeats Shingo. Hey man, this was this was Cobb's best match since in the tournament since he faced um Ishii. And I mean, just like Ishii, um Shingo brings out the best in people. So not surprised and we need more like we need more of this level from um Cobb. But yeah, awesome awesome match to start the block tonight. Yeah, uh, like you said, man, Shingo definitely brought the best out of Jeff Cobb. This is the best match that he's had since his opening match with Ishii uh, to start off Block B. I thought that this was an eye-opener. This was definitely, like we talked about last week, one of those matches that definitely got the people's attention on Jeff Cobb. And that had to do with facing Shingo. And, you know, Shingo is just bringing it in every match. Mm Mm-hmm. He don't play. Nah, he doesn't. He is definitely going hard. Next up, John Moxley versus Yano. Moxley charges Yano on the outside, and Yano uses Shota as a shield. 
Yano Loblo showed up and Moxley. He takes he tapes their ankles together on outside of the ring. Yano beats the count and Moxley is counted out. We all knew that Moxley had to lose for to make the rest of the block make sense. But we're all trying to figure out how Yano was going to pull that shit off. And then he did this shit. <laughs> I mean, wow. Yano, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I died laughing at the end. And then post stuff match was great with too because, like, Moxley was so just, like, crestfallen at that losing like that. His first loss to lose like that. Oh man, life ain't fair sometimes. Yeah, he was highly distraught at the end of this match. <laughs> he was just like, I can't <laughs> believe it. And, yeah, Yano, bro. Yeah, man, Yano is the best. He's so smart with the uh, the tape. When he's when he's got the tape, you know, shenanigans are abound, and this was one of his better usages of the tape. So that was fun. It made me think about the time that um, I think John Cena tied up Batista. With the like tape and hit him with the fu, and I mean, um, you know that the submission move and won the matchup. The next night, Dave was so fucking mad. On I think Raw, I was like, you hit me like that. Right, right. <laughs> Dave was great. <laughs> Naito versus Juice Robinson is our next matchup. The poison run by Naito and the short Destino connects for a two count. The Destino is countered and it gets followed by the juice box. Naito is bleeding from his ear and he struggles back to his feet, but he avoids the left hand of God. Juice counters the Destino and hits a lariat for a two count. The Pulp Friction is countered into a brain buster for another two count and the Destino connects and Naito gets the win over Juice Robinson. And this is another one of those matches they didn't haven't had in a long time. So it was cool to like see Juice versus Naito. I think the last time I remember them seeing in a mat one on one in a match was um the IC title defense like early two thousand seventeen and like I remember Naito really like beat himself up about the quality of that match, but actually that match it was good for the time because like Juice can only do so much because he was still growing. But it was even better this time, so hey man, it was a dope ass match. I mean, I hope he didn't keep beat himself up this time over the match because he has no, he really doesn't have no right to beat himself up on this match either. Awesome match. Yeah, man. Uh, Juice Robinson has had a very strong tournament, just proving he's getting more and more experience, and he's gonna win one of these uh, G1s one year, just if he sticks with New Japan long enough. But, you know, he's building a reputation where those people are going to come back around again. Mm, we'll see. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if they'll let him win. They might let him win a block. They might. I don't know. We'll see. See how long they Bushi has been rough in that company and they let him win. So I don't know. But he, he wasn't. He was a freelancer, though. Yeah. Mm. This is the first time he's actually been signed to them as a part of the tournament. Like, uh, admitted. Honestly, I, I think um, I I could see Juice winning more of the New Japan Cup someday because he's gotten he had some nice runs in that tournament. Mm-hmm. He sure has. 
So, yeah, I, I like also in commentary they pointing out the fact that Naito says, I'd rather go hard three more years than to be to go or be a, than be a part time for 10 more years. I.e., when my run is done, it's done. I kind of think, uh, like, a way to keep Naito around and still, like, get real value from him when he can't really do these singles matches anymore is just, just have him team with Shingo and them just do their own version of 10 Koji because, like, a lot of people make the comparison of Naito being this generation um, Chono. So... Why not? Why not lean into that shit and just have him and um, Shingo just run that whack ass tag division at some point? <laughs> They're gonna rehab the tag division shortly after the G one finishes. I-, I promise. Gonna... I'm watching. I don't believe that. <laughs> In the next matchup that I'm very interested to get your thoughts on, Jay White versus Taichi. Low blow by White, but the Blade Runner, but the Blade Runner is countered, and Kanemaru missed Jay White, and the Axe Bomber by Taichi follows. The last ride follows for a two count. Ghetto grabs Taichi, and Kanemaru takes Ghetto out, and they work into counters. Taichi hits a head kick and follows, but that gets followed with the sleeper, su- the sleeper suplex by Jay White. He hits the Brain Buster and the Blade Runner, and Jay White beats Taichi. Man, you got to be a serious hill for me to be like, I want Tai Chi to win. Fuck you, Jay White. <laughs> like, literally, he got me cheering for Tai Chi to win because he was getting fucked over a lot in that match. And I was rude for him. I don't like how they did my whole in that match either. And you know who the MVP on that match? Like, real for real in that match, though? against each other like who could be the most dastardly they both had seconds out there that both got involved in the match they were each doing their own little heel work to each other inside the match I thoroughly enjoyed this I was highly entertained with all the shenanigans inside and outside of the ring and uh, I was like you I was hoping that Taichi would get the win just for the fact that he's had a very strong tournament but not a lot of results to show for it and this would have been a really good feather in his cap to get one over on Jay White. But Jay White made a promise that he was going to win his last his last six matches. And uh, so far, he's two for two on that promise. So we're moving on to the next round for Jay White. He's still alive. He's got a chance to be in the block finals, depending on what happens with Moxley and Naito uh, going down the rest of the way. I, I like the fact that every at the end of every match, he goes out to the commentary team and just fucks with Rocky all the time. And Rocky be so damn mad. <laughs> Rocky be mad like a like a, a service worker at a customer service job where you have somebody just talk to you, say all type of disrespectful shit, and you can't say what you really want to say because you don't want to lose your job. But you 
you know in the back of your head, if you were saying this to me out in these streets, I will it would be over for you. Give me give up <laughs> give us Rocky versus Jay White. Stop being cowards. Yeah, I'm definitely here for Rocky Romero versus Jay White at some point. They have been really um and you know, kinda getting that in your subconscious throughout this whole tournament. Rocky's commentary, the people he's cheering for. He's even was a Taichi fan in this match. <laughs> so that just lets you know the disdain that he has for Jay White and Gato. So I'm very interested in seeing that match myself. The main event, night twelve, Ishii versus Goto. Goto hits the Ishigaroshi for a two count. Goto follows with kicks. Ishii is down but fires up and he hits headbutts. Goto hits a headbutt of his own and Ishii is down. The reverse GTR and the mid kick follow for a two count. We get an insiguri by Ishii, but Goto hits the set out Ishigaroshi and the GTR and he gets the win over Ishii. I like this match, but I don't love it like a lot of people. I think I'm going to have to rewatch it. But I've seen so many really awesome Goto Ishii matches. It's just like, it felt like Ishii was on a higher level than Goto in this match. But maybe maybe I was just watching it at the wrong time. So I'm probably going to rewatch this later at some point. But I liked it. I thought it was a really good main event. But I was like, mm, I don't know about this one. Hard hitting, as you would expect. The Chaos members, just like the LIJ members, when they face off against each other, they go a little bit harder, I think, than they do against their normal opponents. This was no different. I really thought Ishii was going to get the win. I was shocked that Goto actually pulled this out. The sh- down the stretch was fantastic. Um, you know, Ishii no selling clotheslines and shit. It's always fun. So I really enjoyed this match. Yeah, maybe if you go back and watch it, you know, with more of a clearer head, you'll, you'll, you know, have a different overall take on it, but I really enjoyed it. And Goto got the win. It was good to see him get a win. He'd been on a, like three or four match losing streak. So breaks that for him. And Ishii continues to be the MVP of this year's tournament. This is cast a strong style. I'm your host, Don Delarente. I'm joined by my co-host Anwar Starwin. And we're reviewing nights 11 through 14 of this year's G1 tournament. We get to night 13, where we have Kenta face off against Bad Luck Fale. The grenade is countered into a triangle. Kenta transitions into the game over, and Chase Owens distracts the ref. Kenta takes out Jado, but Fale cradles Kenta, and Fale gets the win. Upset, didn't see this one coming, but uh, Chase Owens actually proved to be uh, useful. He was on commentary, then when Kenta got into the game over, he uh, was like, oh, I forgot something in the back, and then he gets up on a ring apron, of course, and that leads to the finish, so Fale pinning Kenta, definitely an upset. I don't think anybody saw that one coming. Yeah, I I, I missed that match when I woke up. I heard that he lost. I was like, what? <laughs> but it, the way he lost, it kind of like, you had to do all this just to be Kenta? I was like, okay. You're really on the back end of the career, probably, but whatever. 
I swear, man, Bad Luck Fale is no love. Nobody on any podcast I listen to or part podcast I've been a part of has anything positive to say about Bad Luck Fale unless he's wrestling Okada. I like Fale as a person and the stuff he does with training, like new, new talent. And I like that about Fale, but I don't necessarily like Fale's matches. You can like someone but not like they work. I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah, this is true. And he definitely fits in that category. It'd be interesting to see how Kenta rebounds in his next matchup after these two straight losses. And uh, actually three straight losses because he lost to Tanahashi, he lost to Okada, and now he's lost to Bad Luck Fale. Zack Sabre Jr. takes on Lance Archer. Archer looks for the claw, but Zack Sabre Jr. gets an armbar. He up kicks Lance Archer's arm, and then Zack Sabre Jr. runs into the black hole slam for a two count. Zack counters the claw, but Archer hits a big right hand and a choke slam, and he decides that he's going to pull Zack Sabre Jr. up to continue the punishment. Archer takes Zack up to the top rope, but the blackout is countered into a cradle, and Zack Sabre Jr. steals the win from Lance Archer. You see what Lance did? He got two cues, started playing around his food, and he paid for it in the end. And what's just funny about that, because it's usually Zach doing that shit, and it backfired, but this time it backfired on Lance. So, I mean, like, ZS, ZSJ is eating up right now, and hey, Lance still the man, but you ain't getting the victory, big haul. I really like this match a lot. Uh, Zach got frustrated at some point and thought that he was a super heavyweight and started trying to trade uh, blow for blow with Lance Archer. Of course, we know how that turned out. Not well for Zach. (laughs) So he had to go back to his, you know, original, you know, wrestling style. And he eventually uh, took advantage of, like you said, Lance Archer being a little bit too confident and getting a little too full of himself. And it cost him. And Zach Sabre Jr. is starting to heat up again, like you said. Yeah, man. Zack Sabre Jr., he faces, excuse me, Will Ospreay is our next match, and he's going up against Evil. Will Ospreay sets and looks for the Stormbreaker, but Evil counters out. Ospreay counters the German, hits the Robertson Special, but the Super Os Cutter is countered into a two German suplexes. The huge lariat by Evil connects, but only for a two count. Everything is Evil connects, and Evil pins Will Ospreay. Hey, man. It was dope. The final stretch was, was kind of scary because I had a rude interest in this match. But I like seeing Evil counter that, that, that ending sequence that Ospreay used on Shingo in the Best of Super Juniors final. It just shows you that, yeah, you think you're going to use the same thing that you used on my man and think it's going to work. Not, uh-uh. Not happening here, partner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's the story of the light heavyweight champion coming up just short against all these true heavyweights it continues to play out for both Osprey and Shingo they're having very good matches but they just don't have enough to get them over the top against these stronger guys love the story and uh, I love Evil's uh, performance in this match he's really turning it on as well 
Evil, evil got that charisma and fire, man. Tanahashi versus Kota Ibushi. Ibushi looks for the Kamagoye, but Tanahashi counters into three twists and shouts. The sling blade follows for a two count. Tanahashi heads up top and he hits the aces high crossbody. Back up top, the high fly flow misses. Abushi follows with the boom by Ye and then gets a two count. The Kamagoye is countered by Tanahashi with, by a cradle, with a cradle. We get a head kick by Abushi and another head kick followed by the Kamagoye and Kota Abushi defeats Tanahashi. Hey man, just another awesome matchup between these two. Is it? It's not a same caliber of uh, caliber as the G1 final last year, but shit, not many matches going to be <laughs> right. So you know, it was a great like match, and it meant something, especially how they interacted post match. Because it's like I remember Tanahashi saying, "Everything is set up for you to come and take it. You just need to show up and put in the work. Because you have the talent, you just got to have the motivation." And like that ending, um, that him beating like Bushi beating Kanahashi made that those those um comments pop up in my head, and that's kind of the fun of being like a like a fan that keeps track of stuff because certain things that are said or done in the past has a fact in the, in the present and the future. So you actually pay for actually being taking the time to notice stuff. But yeah, that's why that and then at the post match where. Which was shaking everybody's hands, like the fans' hands on both sides. That was great. That was just a great, great match. Yeah, this was uh, one of the cases of uh, if you do something long enough, as Tanahashi has, that your idols can become your rivals in the case of Kota Ibushi, because, you know, we know he looks up to Tanahashi so much. And say what now? And Nakamura as well. Yeah, yeah, and Nakamura as well. So this is just one of those matches that is like, you know, bucket list win for Kota Ibushi, which is awesome for him. So good to see him have a, a breakthrough performance against one of the GOATs. Oh, I would like to see him get that one match for Nakamura. Really would like to get that. But probably, we probably won't get it, but I would like to see that someday. Main event, night 13, Sonata versus Okada. Sonata applies the skull in, but Okada counters out into the short Rainmaker. Okada keeps wrist control and hits another Rainmaker. Okada fires up, and the Rainmaker proper is countered by a Sonata Rainmaker of his own. The skull in follows. Sonata swings Okada around and drops down with the hooks in. Okada rolls, trying to escape. Okada fights for the ropes, but Sonata hangs on and drops back down, and Okada starts to fade. Okada does escape, and then Sonata just puts him in the skull in again. Okada starts to fade again, then Sonata releases the skull in, and the moonsault attempt eats knees. There's one minute to go in the match. Okada hits the drop kick, and the Rainmaker is countered into the TKO. Sonata goes up, he hits the moonsault. He hits a second moonsault, and Sonata, with seconds to spare, gets the win over Okada. I kind of figured that the, the match was going to go along. So I was messing around at the start of it, but I was paying attention, like hearing what was going on. And 
I came into the match like a little bit after that, and I just watched it the whole way through. And I got super fucking nervous at the end when the clock was gone. And I was like, bro, what are you doing, buddy? What? No! When he goes for the second moonsault? (laughs) What are you doing, buddy? And then he pulled it off, and he got—he barely got the win, and to be the first person to get Okada off of that win streak, and finally get that white whale beat him, because he's lost to him every time in singles matches. It meant a lot. And somebody pointed out—I think it was Super J Gas pointed out that that was like—I think that that pop up TKO was the was the move that he used in the evasion attack when he helped um, Naito win the world championship versus Okada, so that was a call back there. And I definitely would be would be fine if him if, if him using that pop up PKO because that shit looked fly. So I would not be mad of him using that move as a thing going forward. Even using that more than like the moonsault because you know I don't want him to fuck up his knees. So you know. But yeah, man. This match, dude, they really got me at the end because they had us thinking this shit about to go to draw. I like how they be messing with people, messing with the fans with the potential of a draw in a couple matches. It's probably going to be a match where we don't expect it to go to draw that draw. Maybe we won't get no draws this year, but that was wild. I definitely thought it was going to be a draw, especially, like you said, once he went back up for that second moonsault. I was like, oh, man, Okada's going to move out of the way and the time's going to run out. But uh, that wasn't the case. Sonata is now 1-6 all time against Okada. But this is the one that lets him know that he can do it. So, you know, the next few wins should be maybe a little easier to come by from here on out. But we will see. You really think so? (laughs) Well, you know, like they say, you know, it's always hardest to get that first one, you know, the first win or your first anything. It's always hard to get that one. Then the rest of them come easy. So we'll see the next time that they have a one-on-one match what the outcome is, if there'll be any higher stakes attached. I like the story that they uh, told during the matchup about how Okada really wants to try to bring the best out of Sonata. So he actually gave him a title shot that he probably, you know, really wasn't in line for after he won the New Japan Cup. But, uh, you know, because Okada has so much respect for him and wants to see him, you know, live up to his potential, he was like, sure, I'll give you the match. And uh, we all know how that played out. But good for Sonata here. Glad that he got the win. Um, Have you heard the rumors? What was the rumors? Uh, The old WWE sniffing around Sonata because his contract's about to come up. Oh, yeah. I I, kind of knew that's something that's been talked about in the past, though. So, I mean, if you want to go, like, there and make a lot of money and not take a lot of damage and not be used properly, then that's the <laughs> argument. But, I mean, Sonata is a unique person, so you never know him. Even if you go away for a couple of years, he always come back because he's still pretty young. Yeah. Go go away, go on vacation and make a bunch of millions of dollars and then and still have your... A lot of your prime. <laughs> that that seems like the ultimate hustle to me. Yeah, yeah, that's the smartest way to go about things for sure. Mm-hmm. It's like people gotta re- realize, man, it's a fucking business. They might love what they do, but it's a business, and you only have so many bumps in your body before it's over. So yeah. you might 
get as much money as you possibly can. And I'm just saying. Got to maximize those bumps, man. Yep. to maximize your bumps. Yep. So you shift over to night 14. We start off with Ishii versus Inyano. Yano counters the brain buster, uses the ref, and they both go for low blows. Yano counters the sliding D into a cradle for a two count. The enziguri and sliding D by Ishii follows for two, and then Ishii hits the brain buster, and he gets the win over Yano. Yano really, really tried to like catch Ishii with some shit. He really opened up that that sneaky offense. <laughs> but like at the end of the day, Ishii knows you, dog. Even in, your, in the same fashion with you, like how many years he done one tag team titles with you? How many times? <laughs> like this, this shit ain't gonna work versus him. So you, you know, he had it done back in his like, God damn it, I can't do this shit on him. It ain't gonna work. And like the, the, the count out trick he tried on Ishii, and Ishii was just like sedately like, I'm not going out there, motherfucker. You gonna come back in the ring? We gonna throw hands? <laughs> yeah, when he went and sat down in the chair and was like, "Come out here and fight me," and Ishii was like, "No, you gotta eventually come back in the ring." Ishii <laughs> <laughs> was Ishii was, was fucking stretching. That was funny, but yeah, man, this this match surprised me. It was a lot of fun. It was a really cool way to open up the block. Uh, Ishii uh, and Yano bringing out the best in each other. Yano uh, pulled out a new roll up, like a fireman's carry style roll up. He must have heard the podcast from last week. <laughs> Juice Robinson versus Taichi is next. Kanamaru distracts Juice. Taichi hides behind the ref and he counters Pulp Friction. Juice wipes out Kanamaru. Taichi hides behind the ref again. He gets misted and the ghetto clutch follows for two count. The super kick connects. Taiichi hits Black Fisto and Taiichi gets the win. I wasn't really rocking with the bullshit, but I mean, they had to do something different from the previous match because they did their certain level of bullshit in it. So actually, I like the match, even despite all of the nonsense. I mean... It, even though Juice lost, he, I don't look at him as a loser. He had too many obstacles in front of him to be able to win that match. So, especially he lost, but I mean, hey, man, stuff happens. So, whatever. Yeah, they definitely had the decks stacked against Juice in this. He tried his best to overcome, but the numbers game, I mean, they had Taichi, they had Kanamaru, and they had Miho Abe out there all getting in some uh, form of shenanigans on Juice. So, yeah, he definitely had a stacked deck in this match. Next up, Goto versus Jeff Cobb. Cobb counters the GTR and follows with the super kick and then looks for a belly-to-belly, but Goto counters into one of his own for a two count. Cobb catches the mid-kick. He hits a snap German suplex and the tour of the islands is countered into the Ishiguroshi for a two count. The GTR follows in Goto. Is victorious. I mean, it was it was a good match, and it was a nice change of pace from the previous match. So I dug it. It was it was it was, like Cobb was better in this match. So dope match. I liked it. Him and Goto seem to have pretty nice chemistry. I know that they wrestled each other for the Never Openweight Title uh, back in mm-hmm. the, uh, earlier this year, and that was a pretty good match. And this one uh, followed suit. So. Um, like you said, Jeff Cobb, definitely more impressive his last two outings. 
hopefully he can keep that up through the rest of the tournament, and that will definitely help him uh, moving forward with the fans in New Japan, and they can start to get behind him and maybe, you know, find the love for him that they have for Michael Elgin. (laughs) Jay White versus John Moxley. Jay White grabs the ref to counter the Death Rider. Gato is in, and White low blows Moxley, followed by a shot from the brass knucks by Gato, and the cupboard gets two count. The Blade Runner is countered into a cradle for a two count by Moxley. The Lariat and Knee Traveler follow for a two count as well. Gato distracts Moxley. We get two sleeper suplexes by Jay White, a bloody Sunday, and the Blade Runner finishes off John Moxley. I, I mean, I, I like the match. I like, even despite the, the bullshit in it, I, it, it protects Moxley, too. Yes, he's lost two straight, but, I mean, it was it was been hard for him to win this match with all the weird stuff that was going on. But he almost pulled it out. So, I mean, it is what it is. I, I kind of like the fact that even though Moxley knew he was about to go down, gave <laughs> Jay White double finger. Like, you may beat me, but you you haven't broken me, motherfucker. (laughs) I was very interested to see how this match was going to play out and to see what Jay White we would get. And we got the, you know, the heel, I'm afraid for my life, Jay White in this match. And then once he finally got the advantage, he turned up the aggression. And then uh, Mm -hmm. he eventually got the win. I really liked the second part of this match, kind of once Jay White stop running and turn up the aggression. (laughs) (laughs) Stop being Usain Bolt, Jay White. Right, right, right. But uh, very, very good match. I hope that they can get a rematch before um, John Moxley has to go back to uh, AEW and not be able to wrestle in Japan for a little while. So hopefully they can uh, make up some of these matches that he loses and we can get some rematches. Maybe. Main event, night 14, Naito versus Shingo. Naito counters last of the dragon into a destino. They trade strikes, headbutts, and they fight back to their feet. They keep trading shots, and Shingo lights up Naito with a fury, a fury of strikes and then hits a headbutt. Naito then counters into a brainbuster for a two count. Shingo counters the destino and hits the pumping bomber. Last of the dragon is countered, and Naito hits a destroyer and follows with the destino for a two count. We get another de- uh, Destino by Naito, and Naito is victorious over Shingo. Man, this match was fucking awesome. I like how Naito tried to do some of them tricks on Shingo, and Shingo was like, motherfucker, I know you how many years? This shit don't work on me. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like, nah, he just shut that shit down, and they just, they just beat the hell out of each other. A lot of really cool false finishes, and hey, man, Naito and Shingo, they killed it, man. Like, to have that opportunity to wrestle a friend on a big stage in a big spot, hey, man, you can't and to deliver. Yeah, you can't be, be nothing but proud of that shit. So, that was great, and also a really sweet touch at the end was, um, Bushi coming out to check on both of them and make sure they're all right. He brought Naito his hat, put it on them, and then had an ice pack for both of them, and then carried Shingo to the back, which is dope. And I love how 
he said, said something really nice to um, Shingo as he was leaving to the back. And the fans were chanting, Takagi, 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 because that's Shingo's last name. Mm-hmm. So that was that. that and the energy in that, that main event was great. Just like the energy, energy in the main event with um, Sonata and Okada was like, crowd was just really bringing that fire. And it, 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 it really just helps matches. So, yeah, man, main event was awesome. It's it's awesome to watch wrestling matches where the fans are actually into what's happening in the ring and not just the entrances and the finishing moves, like the actual whole match. So, yeah, all the foot stomping that was going on uh, this weekend in Osaka was awesome. Yeah, man. It was, it was awesome. Uh, Naito said that he wanted Shingo to be at his most aggressive he said that he looks at uh, Shingo as maybe the successor to LIJ, and he wanted him to basically prove it that he was worthy of that of that title and that moniker. And I think that uh, Shingo lived up to that. I think he proved that he is definitely capable of taking over LIJ, and uh, I think that he gained a lot of Naito's respect even more than he had before. So. Great, yep. great, great match by these two. Did not disappoint at all. So fun. Nope. It's crazy. How many matches have we even said that about Shingo this year? Whether it be in a singles division, whether it be in tag division, whether it be in tournament tournament matches, we get we kind of have a certain level of expectation of what we're going to get from Shingo. He almost never disappoints this year. So right. One of the best wrestlers this year in the world. All right, so here we go. We're going to update the standings as we have. I think everybody has two more matches left to go. In the A block, we've got Okada at 6-1. He has 12 points. Kota Ibushi is at 5-2. He has 10 points. And Evil is still in contention. He's 4-3 with 8 points. Then in the B block, we have a whole host of people still alive. John Moxley sits atop the block at five and two with ten points. Ishii is four and three with eight points. Naito was four and three with eight points. Goto was four and three. Jay White is four and three. They all have eight points. Yano, Yano and Juice Robinson are both well. Yano's three and three. Juice Robinson's three and four, and they both have six points apiece. Mm. So B block is still up for grabs. Uh, a block. Still slightly up for grabs. If Okada can win one more match and Ibushi loses, then that's pretty much over there. But uh, it's going to be real fun coming down the stretch in the B block because Juice Robinson faces John Moxley in the very final match. And I forgot who he, John Moxley faces in the second to final match, but I think it's like, is it Goto? It's Goto. Yeah, so it, yeah, so he's going to have his work cut out for him in his last two matches. And uh, Jay White is on a mission to win his uh, final six. So he's got to win these last two matches. And uh, if he was to win his final six, he would have the tiebreaker over John Moxley. If they were both to end up with the same amount of points because he beat Moxley. So that would be Jay White's way to get in to the finals of this year's tournament. But it's going to be real interesting. The last two matches for everybody coming up this week. And then we'll have the finals. So... We're coming down to the home stretch, Anwar, of what has been a very good 
G1 tournament uh, highlighted by matches by Ishii, Shingo, and Will Ospreay, respectively. Yep, yep, yep. All right, Anwar, so at this time, I'll turn it over to you for your final thoughts. Thank yous and shout-outs. Um, shout-out to Jupiter Jillip, as always, because that's the homie. Um, shout-out to Mademoiselle. Shout-out to West Sleep, though. Shout-out to my homie, um, Janaea. You know, she's the one that y'all be seeing with the uh, Undertaker cosplay. <laughs> And shout out to all everybody who enjoys the, the show, and shout out to Don for all the hard work. Why, thank you. Oh, oh yes. Hey, my bad. That one person. Shout out to Terry Boy. I got a guy always represents Mike Delaney. <laughs> Give a shout out to Mr. Anwar Starman for being able to join me once again for this episode of Cast a Strong Style. Thanks to everybody who listens and uses the hashtag when they're up early or late at night watching these G1 matches. Thank you very much. Continue to search the what we are watching hashtag. If you do want to see some of these matches, but don't have new Japan world, there are some links out there to these matches that I found. So I'm putting them up so you guys can watch them. I will be putting up the night 14 and 13 matches uh, here shortly. So please continue to use that. What we're watching hashtag and check out some of the bangers from this year's G1 tournament. Continue to support our sponsors over on CSPN.us. Click on that tab that says keep our podcast free. Do some shopping with our sponsors to help keep Cast a Strong Style and all the podcasts here on CSPN free. Also, check out The Dark Match for our extra bonus content over on Patreon.com forward slash CSPN Media. You can always get some further conversations, sometimes about wrestling, sometimes not, but it's always fun over on The Dark Match. So check that out over on our Patreon page. Shout out to everybody who uses the uh, Rawcast and all the hashtags from the uh, Rasslecast as well. If you found this podcast through the Rasslecast, we definitely appreciate you guys listening. And uh, that's all I have for this week. So for my co-host, Mr. Anwar Starwood, I'm your host, Don DeLorente, and this has been Cast of Strong Style. Strong style, 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 style.